It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Moving on down the top. Bell breaks a tackle. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined to recap day number 14 of New York Jets training camp. With the great beat reporter covering the Jets for NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Oh boy, Matt, there was a lot going on today, huh? Yeah, we thought it was a uh, busy Sunday yesterday and uh, even busier Monday to, to really kick off the week here. All right, Matt, I guess we might as well go through it. The good, the bad, the ugly. So let's talk about who came back from injury, who was still held out from injury, and then who became injured throughout the course of practice. So we had Ryan Khalil in pads, but didn't actually practice. He was, uh, you know, spinning off to the side again, just kind of hanging out, watching as everything went on. Uh, we had, it's going to take me some time, I think, to go through this list. Avery Williamson was back in practice after missing Sunday's practice with a foot injury. So he's back. He seems okay. So that's good news there. I'll just run through the rest of the injuries. Basically, we had uh, Truman Johnson not there. Uh, Adam Gase called him week to week with a uh, hamstring issue that he picked up on Sunday. The MRI came back. He, uh, like I said, Gase called him week to week. He did kind of say that he is optimistic that he'll be back for week one. Uh, I mean, part of it was Gase just saying that's his nature. Uh, but he did say, you know, if there's setbacks or anything, that you know that could change things. Uh, but for now, at least, you know, decent chance that Tremaine will be back for week one. That's four weeks away. So uh, at least there's that if you're a Jets fan. Brian Winters, not in there. Uh, Gase called him week to week yesterday. Uh, shoulder injury from the Giants game. Henry Anderson, he left practice early. Uh, he's being evaluated for a concussion, came up woozy at one point. So that is obviously not great news for the Jets. Kyron uh, Brown, you know, one cornerback goes down in Truman Johnson, Kyron Brown steps up, and then sure enough, he leaves with a hamstring injury shortly uh, after practice begins. So he is going to go get tested and everything like that, I'm sure, as well. We don't know exactly how bad that is yet. Uh, and then Kalechi Osemele, uh, he left practice early as well with a pec strain uh, and is going to have an MRI to figure out how bad that one is. Uh, and I think the last guy on the list here is Blake Cashman, who didn't practice. Uh, he left Sunday early with a hamstring injury. A big theme there. A lot, of, a lot of hamstring injuries on this team of late. Uh, and he, like I said, didn't practice today. So uh, Gase didn't expand on that one and, and let us know kind of how bad it is. But, uh, you know, a second straight day missed by Blake Cashman, which is obviously not great news. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you enjoy the play? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, exactly. And by the way, uh, Leonard Williams also still not in practice. Uh, Gase said he's kind of like, 
conditioning to get back out there right now since he's missed a decent amount of time. Just going to take him a little bit to get back up to speed conditioning-wise. So there you go. Uh, like you said, other than that, how's the play? But, uh, hey, good news. Marcus May practiced again, so there's that. There was a fight at practice again today, too, so at least a little bit of fisticuffs for you guys to be entertained by. It was Nathan Shepard versus Ben Braden yesterday. Today, Nathan Shepard versus Alex Lewis. So Alex Lewis wasting no time getting into a fight just after being acquired. Yeah, uh, it was interesting, uh, and this one was a little bit more intense than yesterday, too. Yesterday, Sunday, was basically just some uh, shoving, and it was pretty brief, and it broke up relatively fast, but today... Uh, yeah, Lewis and Shepard threw some haymakers real quick, which, I mean, I don't know, seems bad to me, seems like a bad idea to me. You're, you're wearing a helmet, so your punches probably aren't going to hurt very much for the other guy. If anything, it's just going to hurt your hand. But uh, I guess they weren't really thinking clearly in the, in the heat of the moment there. Um, so they're starting to throw punches, and then the whole you know offensive and defensive line come together and kind of scuffle a little bit, and uh, then things break up. Uh, but that was interesting, and then later on in the practice, Jenkins and uh, Kalecio Somali get, got into it a little bit as well, uh, a couple quick shoves. So, yeah, offensive line and uh, defensive front seven there uh, getting a little chippy, I think. You know, over, what was this, practice number 13, I believe? So uh, I guess at this point in camp is the point where guys are starting to get on one another's nerves after kind of hitting each other and going back and forth all these consecutive days, and uh, it boiled over a little bit today for sure. Jordan Jenkins going at Kalecio Semele. I can only assume he's got a suicide wish. Uh, yeah, it's a bold move because Kalecio is a uh, very large, very large man. And uh, Jordan Jenkins, also a big dude, but definitely giving up some size and weight in that fight. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe he'd have the speed advantage. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, bold move for sure by Jordan Jenkins. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. So Kyron Brown is out on top of Tremaine Johnson being out, which means that Arthur Millette now jumps into the starting rotation along with Daryl Roberts. Matt, who is Arthur Millette? That is a uh, really good question. I was trying to figure that out myself during practice today. Uh, you know, you know, we've seen him play a little bit, and he was the number two cornerback uh, for a time being there. Now, or number two slot cornerback, I should say. Um, 
But beyond that, honestly, I didn't know a ton about him, so I was doing a little bit of research. He's bounced around the league for a few years now. He was with the Saints coming out of college, uh, went to Memphis, went undrafted in 2017, spent 17 and 18 with the uh, Saints before bouncing to the Colts in 2018, then back to the Saints practice squad, and then he landed with the uh, Jets you know, this offseason here in January. Uh, so he hasn't exactly had a, a big standout career. He's got 10 total tackles in the NFL at this point, so hasn't played a ton, but uh, believe it or not, that still makes him one of the more experienced NFL backups for the Jets. So, uh, you know, when a guy has played in 12 total games and he's one of your more experienced guys, that's certainly interesting. There's a gentleman on the Jets who has volunteered to move to corner to help the situation, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But besides him, what exactly are the Jets going to do now? They have to do something, right? I know we've been talking about this, but once the Tremaine Johnson thing comes down and he's going to be missing some time, he's week to week, as Adam Gase said. And now Kyron Brown, who was really not anything more than hopeful depth anyway, is hurt. Something's got to give, right? Yeah, you would certainly think so. And actually, uh, this is something I wrote about for tomorrow morning uh, on NJ.com slash Jets. Just kind of running through some of the Jets' options, what they can do at cornerback. Uh, like you said, there's one in-house option that is intriguing. Uh, Jamal Adams has apparently volunteered to play cornerback. He, uh, you know, during his press conference today, answered one of my questions. Actually, I, I asked him just basically, you know, if the fact that there's been so much uh, change at the cornerback position changes anything for him as a safety or, or the other safeties. And his response was to say, "Hey." I'll play safety if they need me to, or I'll play corner if they need me to play corner. So, uh, Jamal is offering to be the solution there, but that doesn't exactly seem like the best solution. If, uh, you ask me, I mean, basically at that point, you're just setting yourself up for a game of whack-a-mole. You move him over to cornerback, but then you just open up a hole at safety because, you know, you got to fill a pro bowler's position over there. So, uh, you know, that's one way to go about it, but I can't exactly see the Jets doing that anytime soon. Some other choices, I mean, obviously I, I would imagine Joe Douglas is going to make some moves once teams make their camp cuts, uh, you know, at the end of the month here and grab some guys either off the waiver wire or some vets that get cut, uh, you know, off the free agent market. Um, some teams to probably keep an eye on that are deep at corner. Uh, the Eagles pretty deep. The Bengals, I know, have some decent corners as well. Um, so, you know, maybe some of the guys that lose out on battles there get the call from the Jets. Um, but then there, I mean, there's some other options flowing out there as well. Maybe Douglas pulls off a, a trade. Obviously, the Eagles are a team that everyone mentions for obvious reasons with Douglas. And uh, Rasul Douglas over there is someone that Joe Douglas helped draft over there and obviously likes. And, uh, you know, the Eagles are pretty well stocked at cornerback. And, you know, Rasul Douglas will probably be in more of a reserve role. So perhaps Joe Douglas makes a call over to Howie Roseman and sees if he can strike some sort of deal. Uh, there's a few other, you know, free agent options, but no one that's really high profile at this point. You know, there's sort of some experienced guys in their late 20s that you could pick up, but uh, you know, at best, they're going to be guys that kind of are competing for a starting role. They're probably not locks for a starting role. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Joe Douglas does here. But I have to imagine he's going to be busy making phone calls to, uh, you know, see if he can sort something out here because this is getting pretty ugly pretty quickly for the Jets at cornerback. 
It's a pretty ugly kicker, too, as we wait to see who the actual kicker is going to be for the Jets in 2019. We may have gotten a little clue on social media. Melissa Bryant, the wife of Matt Bryant, the former Giants kicker, former Tampa kicker, has been around a really long time, 43 years old, but was still pretty effective last year and unsigned. Our own Michael Nania tweets out, the Ravens got more for a kicker who hasn't played a regular season game than the Jets got for Darren Lee. Melissa Bryant tweets back the eyeball emoji. Read into that what you will, Matt, but when you add that to the fact that a fan named Evan Birchfield tweeted out that the Jets should sign Matt Bryant, and Matt tweeted back interesting things to come. I don't know if the Jets are interested, but it sure seems like Matt Bryant is interested. I mean, couldn't hurt to make a phone call, I suppose, right? I, Matt Bryant, I know, I guess the knock against him is just the fact that he's been a uh, dome kicker for so long, but, you know... He's kicked outside plenty. He's kicked for what? I think it's 17 years in the NFL. It's not like he's never been outside before. And, you know, he spent some years in the Meadowlands as well with the Giants there. So who knows? Maybe you make a phone call if you're Joe Douglas. But yeah, I would be surprised if the uh, Jets don't bring in some sort of competition for Bertolette at this point. Uh, I know it came out today that they were one of the teams that called the Ravens for Vedvik. So they were clearly trying to add some competition there uh, or another, you know, leg there. So, uh, if another guy or two comes into camp at some point to give Bertolette a push or, uh, you know, kind of push him off the roster even, uh, you know, that is certainly something that I can foresee. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's talk about the competition at quarterback. And no, I'm not talking about Sam Darnold or even Trevor Simeon. I'm talking about Luke Falk and Davis Webb. Davis Webb had one decent practice a couple of days ago. But other than that, it's been trending towards Luke Falk, and that trend continued today. Yeah. Uh, so the last you know little while here, Davis Webb has been getting the 13 reps ahead of Luke Falk for the most part. Uh, you know, when that third team offense would try on the field, Webb would be the first guy to get a handful of plays, and then Falk would come in after. But uh, today they were basically alternating back and forth. So uh, not a great sign if you're Davis Webb, uh, especially on the heels of some rocky performances, especially that game against the Giants that just didn't go well. So, yeah, Falk seems to be kind of growing in favor a little bit. But, uh, you know, it also it kind of remains to be seen how much this really matters because – um, you know, will, will the Jets actually keep three quarterbacks on their roster? Uh, I kind of have a tough time seeing it. I envision them keeping two guys and maybe the third guy, uh, lands on the practice squad and, you know, takes up a spot there instead. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, there's always an outside chance that they do decide to keep a third quarterback on the fifth three man. And, uh, you know, if you're those guys, you don't want to leave it to chance. You, you want to, cement that number three role and make it as hard as possible for them to cut you and so far uh, Davis Webb certainly hasn't been doing that we know you didn't get a chance to watch Blake Cashman today because he was injured but what did you see from the rest of the rookies yeah so Quinn Williams was uh, spending most of his time with the uh, twos on the interior line there and uh, looked pretty solid but uh, no real big flashes from him that I saw 
uh, Chumadaga also on the second team as usual. Uh, and Jakai Polite also, you know, all these guys are basically running with the twos at this point. Uh, so there's that Greg Dortch continues to run around and, you know, make some catches on the third team offense and he's still fielding punts and turning some heads. Uh, I know, you know, Adam Gase has told us that he's really impressed with Dortch and what he's able to do in the punt return game. So it seems like a pretty good sign for him moving forward there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's basically the, the bulk of the rookies. No one really had uh, a particular standout day, but uh, again, like I said yesterday, uh, you know, a quiet day isn't necessarily a bad day. You know, it, they could very easily be uh, noticed for the wrong reasons as well. So uh, the fact that they're, they're blending in with some other guys and just kind of look like they belong on the roster is not exactly an indictment. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell and Stiff Arms. Gave a good one to C.J. Mosley today. Yeah, he did, and uh, Bell got a lot of work today as well. Definitely his most active practice of uh, the preseason so far. Uh, I had him with 11 touches, and the offense ran 24 reps. So basically he was touching the ball every other play there. Uh, I think it was eight carries and three catches, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, a lot of work for Le'Veon Bell, and uh, you know he really seemed to enjoy that after practice. He said you know, he liked the fact that the Jets are ramping up his workload as the season inches closer here and you know he's trying to get back into that regular season mode uh, and he also in that vein took a, a big shot from Brandon Copeland at one point and basically was sent airborne um, he had no problem taking a hit in training camp he saw it coming he was able to brace himself and that's what Adam Gase said he's most concerned with about training camp hits you know uh, the ones that people see coming he's not so worried about but it's those blindside things and, and this was not that so uh, he was okay with it. Bell was okay with it. He said he, you know, likes feeling that contact again, considering he hasn't played in, you know, a year and a half basically. And uh, it's just another way to kind of ready his body for when the regular season comes around. And uh, you know, or potentially if he gets to win in the preseason games, though, he and Gase uh, once again said today that they haven't so far discussed the second game against the Falcons and whether or not Bell is going to play. But uh, if you read between the lines on what both of those guys have been telling us it seems like bell at most will get some pretty limited work in the preseason as you would expect uh if he gets any at all i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play at all uh, i wouldn't be surprised if he only plays a little bit in the third preseason game uh but we will have to see if he does anything this thursday night in atlanta but uh, yeah for right now i would say uh the jets are going to tried to do most of their work with Bell in practice and, and get him up to speed that way. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Steve McClendon once again showing his leadership skills both on and off the field, the players seem to really respect him because when he stepped in there when there were troubles, everybody backed up for Big Steve. Yeah, they did, and he uh, tried to kind of play peacemaker at one point after that uh, first fight between Shepard and Lewis and walked over to the offensive line group uh, that was not in the drill and you know, kind of tried to talk him down off the ledge a little bit and cool some tensions, and I know... Uh, 
Pelecio Stemley kind of let him know that he wasn't happy about what one of the guys on the defensive line had been doing. And uh, so, you know, there was still a little bit of tempers walking away, but McClendon did his best to play the peacemaker role there. And, and like you said, the guys on the team definitely respect him. He's uh, the oldest guy on the team. You know, he's a, a tried and true veteran. And, uh, you know, when he talks, the guys definitely listen. Let's talk about Sam Darnold because we haven't already, and you can't talk about training camp without mentioning the guy that is the prized possession of this franchise. How'd he look today? He looked good. He uh, went 8 for 12, and uh, the last throw in that sequence was uh, a Hail Mary to end practice, so really you know, more or less 8 for 11. Uh, no interceptions. Uh, no touchdowns either, but, uh, you know, pretty good day for Sam there. Uh, you know, eight for 11, basically nothing to sneeze at for sure. The only real hiccup came, uh, or maybe two, I suppose. There was one crossing route that Tom Montgomery ran that Sam just led him a little too far and missed him on that. Uh, but then there was another one early in practice where he rolled out under pressure, went to throw it away down the right sideline and kind of, Left it a little too close to the sideline for comfort. Uh, I couldn't see who the DB was down the sideline. Bunch of players standing in the way, but uh, he had a play on the ball to to try to pick that off before it went out of bounds. He wasn't able to make it. He was out of bounds. Darnold did throw it away far enough to prevent the the pick. But uh, you know, you'd prefer he sail it into row twelve instead of getting it anywhere close to the sideline and close to chance. Uh, but then there was a, another beautiful play shortly thereafter where. He hit Robbie Anderson probably uh, about 20 yards downfield or so on a you know a nice crossing route over the middle and put it perfectly in stride for Robbie and he managed to turn the corner and pick up another 15 20 yards after that for a pretty good game so uh, yeah just another sharp ho hum day for Sam Darnold and uh, that's kind of been the story of the summer seems like every day you, you add up the reps and he's somewhere in the Eight for eleven, you know, nine for twelve, uh, six at nine, something like that. The percentages are always good, and uh, you know, he has not made glaring mistakes at all really this summer. So, uh, pretty consistent training camp so far for Sam, and you know, today was just another example. Joe Blewett, the host of our great show, TOJ Film Room, over on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV, has done a full film review of the Jets' first preseason game, and he determined that one of the unsung heroes of the game, to the extent that you can be an unsung hero of a preseason game, was Foley Fadakasi, who had a really good game and seems to have improved quite a bit from his rookie year last season when he didn't really play much at all. You're a fellow UConn guy with Foley Fadakasi, so you must be happy about this, Matt. He was practicing with the first team today, which is huge for him. And then afterwards, you had an opportunity to pull him aside and talk to him for a little bit one-on-one. So talk to me about the ascension of Foley Fadakasi and what he had to say to you in the locker room after practice. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm an objective reporter here, Scott, so I'm not rooting for anyone. But <laughs> you know, it doesn't suck to see uh, a fellow Husky doing some good things. Uh, yeah, Foley got in there with the first team today. Uh, looked pretty good doing it as well, playing on the interior line there with the starters. And uh, yeah, I talked to him after practice, and he said it was it was exciting for him for sure. I mean, he uh, he like you said, he thought he had a really nice night against the Giants the other day, and he was happy to kind of see the rewards of that and. He said that you know he was eager to go watch the film of practice and get the breakdown from the coaches, but most of the feedback he had gotten, uh, you know, in between series and after plays when he was trotting off had been positive. You know, coaches giving him pats on the back and telling him he was doing pretty well. So, uh, you know, he was fired up about it. He said he didn't 
notice really too much difference, uh, you know, in terms of going between the second team and third team, uh, jumping up to the starters as far as the level of play goes. He did say, like, the one thing was just, you know, the offensive line at the starter level just is a little more in sync and a little, you know, better communication. And, you know, he picked up on that. And that obviously makes life a little tougher as a defensive lineman. But uh, he didn't seem to be overwhelmed by the little promotion there. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see if he's able to parlay that into any more starter reps or, uh, you know, a bigger share of reps in preseason games and what he's able to do with it. But uh, kind of a cool moment for him, a guy that was, a, I believe, a six-round pick. Is that correct? In uh, 2018. And mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, is starting to blossom a, a little bit here at this point. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Let's go inside the locker room now, Matt. And there was a very special guest a Hall of Famer, so there's a little bit of a teaser. There's not that many guys that were on the Jets that would be Hall of Famers, so you can probably figure out who we're talking about, but we'll get to him in a second. First, what did Coach Gase have to say? Yeah, well, I mean, frankly, Adam spent most of the uh, time we were talking to him, you know, going up and down the injury report. I We probably talked to him for 10 or 12 minutes, and I would make a guess that more than 50% of that time was just spent talking about injuries and us kind of getting some details on each guy out of him but uh beyond that you know he was asked about cornerback and if he's concerned about that position obviously that's the biggest you know talking point around the jets right now and uh basically his response was that he doesn't see it that way he he tries to view it as uh you know an opportunity for some of the uh, young inexperienced guys on this roster to kind of sink or swim you know they're going to get thrown in there they're going to get thrown in the mix and it's this is an opening now for a guy to emerge and step up and take the bull by the horns and show that he's capable of, you know, surviving and thriving at that level. And uh, the Jets are going to find out pretty soon whether or not there's guys on the roster that are capable of it. So uh, he's trying to, you know, keep that next man up mentality uh, going here and, uh, you know, stay positive as well. But uh, yeah, I, I have to imagine that behind, closed doors maybe things are a touch different but uh yeah that was definitely the big takeaway from him was just uh him trying to downplay the concerns at cornerback there and you know after that it was mostly injury stuff we had jamal adams Le'Veon bell avery williamson and the special surprise guest hall of famer if you didn't guess it i'm kind of disappointed in you joe namath was there so what did these guys all have to say so i'll start with jamal here i mentioned earlier that he kind of volunteered to play cornerback if the Jets decided to ask him. Um, again, don't foresee that happening. But uh, Jamal's other big thing was he was telling us, apparently in the uh, defense room there in the facility, they have what they call the feelings list. And so if players uh, get criticized while they're watching film or whatever and you know try to push back a little bit and disagree or whatever, they get put on this feelings list and because they're being overly sensitive. And if you get put on the feelings list, it comes with some sort of fine, whether it be, you know, push-ups or whatever it is. And uh, he said, yeah, you, you never want to be on the feelings list. Though Jamal did uh, admit that he's been on there a time or two. And, uh, you know, we all had a, a couple laughs with him about it just as we were kind of asking some questions. But he circled around eventually and said, no, but like in all seriousness, this is, a way for all of us to, to hold each other accountable and, you know, make sure that guys, when they're in the film room, you know, don't brush aside criticism and, you know, they, they try to take it to heart a little bit more. So 
Uh, that was Jamal's kind of big thing today. Um, and yeah, uh, unfortunately I missed most of what Avery Williamson had to say today while I was over there talking to Foley Fadakasi, but, uh, I would gather that most of what he was talked about was, or what he talked about was, you know, just being healthy again and getting back out there. And I, I caught the last couple minutes and I know, uh, he had been asked as well about Le'Veon Bell and what it's been like going up against him and, basically the big refrain for most of these defensive players has been, you know, they're just glad that they're not going to have to see him in the regular season. Uh, so that was the, the big takeaway from uh, what I heard from Avery. Uh, and as far as Joe Namath goes, he had nothing but rave reviews about both Gase and Sam Darnold. Um, but he just kept stressing that it's a team game. Uh, you know, he uh, basically said at one point that he was asked what his expectations were for Sam. And he said, Super Bowl. Uh, and then kind of said, well, you know, hopes and expectations are different things. And said, you know, it's a team game. Uh, I don't know if this team necessarily has what it takes to win a Super Bowl right now, but that's why you're going to play the games. Uh, you know, everyone's going to go out there thinking that they're capable of it and, you know, trying their best to win. So, uh, you know, he pinned a lot of it on, uh, you know, he was asked about Le'Veon Bell as well, and he pinned a lot of his success on the offensive line, you know, logically that makes perfect sense. Uh, but yeah, so Joe just kept stressing, uh, you know, he's impressed by the Jets coaching quarterback, but they're going to need more than that if they're going to get the job done this year. That feelings list, Matt, I'm going to go ahead and guess that there was probably a gentleman on this team that was on it quite a bit. I'm not going to say who he was, but I'm going to guess that he played inside linebacker and his name might rhyme with Marin Yee. I'm not $3.5 million sure of that, so I wouldn't bet $3.5 million on it, but I do think that it's a pretty strong possibility. I do wish I had $3.5 million to gamble with, though, and I might if I win the best ball championship over on the Draft app at Draft.com. You want to play with me? Easy. Go ahead and get in on the action. It's a really fun game, and it's simple to play. All you do is go to the Draft app at Draft.com and sign up. It's an easy snake draft, so you don't have to worry about salary caps or any kind of complicated stuff like auctions. And you don't have to spend a lot of time throughout the season managing the roster. You draft your players, and then you're all set. They will make sure that your best guys are in every week taking care of for you, so no effort on your part. And if you want to crack at that $3.5 million grand prize, the best ball championship, you can get that crack for free when you make your first deposit over on the draft app at draft.com, but only if you use the promo code PLAYLIKE. That's right, the promo code PLAYLIKE. Use that when you sign up and you make your first deposit, and you could be well on your way to winning $3.5 million. And then you can go ahead and place a bet for $3.5 million on the fact that the guy who was on the feelings list the most last year is the one whose name rhymes with Marin Yee pretty sure that you're going to win that bet. Uh, no comment. <laughs> pretty sure he would have wound up on that feelings list quite a bit. Was this your first time getting a chance to ask Joe Namath questions? Uh, no, I actually caught Joe with a couple other beat guys at the uh, Gridiron Gala, which is a, a United Way, I believe it is, event with uh, Jets and Giants players during the offseason. So, uh, myself, Andy Vasquez, Connor Hughes, and Rich Simini were uh, in attendance at that event in the city this uh, spring. So, 
got a chance to catch up with Joe there. But yeah, it's always cool when he's around and you get a chance to kind of pick his brain. And he's normally pretty easy to deal with. Oh yeah, definitely nice enough guy. He you know walked up onto the podium and immediately you know Rich Semini from ESPN's been around this team forever, so. He walks up and he goes, oh, I recognize some of you and, you know, shakes Rich's hands, one or two other guys that, you know, he's known for a while and uh, is, you know, always a pretty jovial guy, what you'd expect out of Broadway Joe. So, uh, you know, nice of him to, you know, he was at practice watching. He absolutely did not have to stop and talk to us, but uh, he was willing to climb up on the podium for five or six minutes and, uh, you know, shoot uh well i'm not gonna use that phrase but he was willing to you know talk to all of us and uh give us some of his thoughts so uh, much appreciated from joe always nice to see that the man who all these years later is still really the face of the franchise in a lot of ways is such a jovial character before we run matt anything that we forgot to mention anything out of the ordinary today at practice besides all the injuries and the melee (laughs) yeah other other than that yeah um no, no, nothing. Uh, I don't think we missed anything there, Scott. But, uh, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow when we get out to practice, how many of these guys, if any of them that got banged up today, are able to get back out on the field and, you know, who kind of takes over for them if they're not out there. Um, and then, again, Thursday, you know, if the Jets are really this shorthanded going into Thursday night game, Thursday night's game against the Falcons, a lot of guys are going to get, uh, some reps that they probably wouldn't have otherwise gotten, and it'll be interesting to see how they take advantage of them. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, and we'll uh, we'll find out all of those answers soon enough. We will see soon enough whether or not the number one UConn grad around the Jets is going to be Foley Fadakasi or Matt Stiplikowski. Personally, I think they're going to be tied for number one because I expect Foley to make the roster and have himself a nice season. And I think Matt is going to continue to do a great job covering the Jets beat for NJ.com just as he did again here today on the podcast. Matt, thanks so much for joining me again. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow to cover tomorrow's practice. In the meantime, for everybody that wants to read your write-up and see what else you've got going on over at NJ.com, why don't you go ahead and let them know what's in store for them. Sure thing. Head over to uh, NJ.com slash Jets. Like I said, uh, Twitter, it's M underscore Stiplekuski, S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. And uh, like I said, I'll have something up on uh, Tuesday morning here about the Jets quarterback options moving forward, just some potential ways that they could kind of try to bolster and fix that spot. Uh, And then plenty of stuff coming up soon enough about the game and where the Jets stand heading into that and then coming out of it as well. So uh, appreciate everyone continuing to follow along as the, uh, the summer keeps rolling and we get closer and closer to week one here. Go ahead and follow Matt on Twitter at M underscore S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. I'm so impressed with myself that I can do that without looking at a sheet of paper now. It took some doing. It took some effort, but I got it. So make sure that you follow Matt on Twitter. Absolutely essential if you're a Jets fan. Also, read his work over at NJ.com slash Jets. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.